At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Well, look at that. Another week has passed. Here we are, another edition of What Barry's Talking About from Barry 360. I'm Dan Blakely. Summer-like weather has lingered a little longer than it usually does. Today, in fact, September 22nd is the first day of fall, and it sounds like there is still some summer-like weather left. We'll get the fall forecast from David Phillips at Environment Canada. Shoppers Drug Mart is stepping in to help shore up funding for Barry's Women and Children's Shelter. The pandemic brought increased demand for the shelter services and little opportunity to raise the cash needed to offer that help. And what's the fascination with sneakers? Old ones, new ones, celebrity sneakers. There was a sneaker convention last weekend in Toronto. We get some insight into the mind of the sneakerhead. But first, homelessness, top of mind for many as we head into the municipal election. Candidates are talking about it. Those involved in helping the homeless are talking about it. And not in glowing terms as far as what the city and the county have been doing to address it. Jennifer Van Gennep is one of several local advocates whose voices are getting louder as their frustration grows. She's with Barry 360's Ian McLennan. There is, a, I guess, a newly formed, I don't know, organization is the right word, called Barry Housing and Homelessness Justice Network. What is it and what was the trigger for uh, it to come, you know, come to being? We're inspired by the Shelter and Housing uh, Justice Network in Toronto. Um, They published a list of demands last winter uh, around winter planning for in Toronto. Um, Just some frontline workers and some advocates from multi- like multidisciplinary group of individuals who had come together and were advocating. Um, They're just tired of seeing people die outside. These deaths are very predictable, but they're also very preventable. And um, we just need better services for people who are experiencing homelessness. So we were very inspired by their list and we um, made some changes and customized it for the Barry situation. Now, are there a number of organizations that provide, that provide uh, shelter or other services? Are they specifically involved with this organization or have endorsed it? Is there one or the other here? The the people who came together to write the demands um, are individuals, but we're all individuals who are working in the housing and homelessness sector. And the list has been endorsed by several organizations and so far by about over 100 people as well. There's sort of eight action mm-hmm. uh, points that um, the group wants from the city of Barrie, mm-hmm. uh, the county of Simcoe. And the, to be fair, county of Simcoe, now let's make it, they're the ones that provide the funding for shelter services in places like Barrie, Aurelian, across the county, correct? That's right. So it's tricky for us. And part of the reason we went with strong language and called it demands um, is there's just been a real lack of accountability because some of the housing services come from the city of Barrie. But all the social services are done really through the county. Um, and, and so there's just a split there of accountability. And it's really hard to provide any community accountability and to get any um, accountability from the county and the city because it's easy for them to say, oh, that's really the city's job. Oh, that's really the county's job. 
these expectations you want from the city of Barrie and the county of Simcoe. Have you received a response from either uh, level of government? What we were hoping for at the city level was that we could get a report on what's being done. We know some things are being done. Um, Some efforts are being made. Uh, We wanted a report so that we knew what was being done. And we were asking the city to support our request to the county for that same level of accountability. But we can't seem to get uh, a seconder for that motion because they feel, the ones that we've spoken to feel that the language of demands is too strong. But we we talked about softening the language and asking for recommendations or polite asks, but we're a little tired of asking politely for people's basic human rights to be met. Do you feel that a lot can be done um, in terms of uh, providing shelter for the homeless and some of the other things that you've asked in there without some supports, though, from the federal to provincial level? Or, I mean, it, it, it's such a complex issue in itself, but other things that Barrie and the county can do that doesn't require support from the province or Ottawa? Absolutely. So to build housing, we would definitely need uh, federal and provincial dollars. But we're asking for things like stop criminalizing people who have to set up a tent on public land. Um, don't criminalize them for trying to survive. That is a response. That's a survival response to the lack of affordable housing. We're asking things like for Barry Fire to provide fire safety for people who have to live outside. Um, you know, it's going to get cold. They're going to need a fire, but to help them stay safe, could we have some support from Barry Fire um, for some tips on how to stay safe, but also some fire extinguishers? We're asking for things like the shelter standards to be reviewed because they're from 2003 and there's nothing in them about harm reduction. And so our shelter providers aren't able to, they're very limited what they can provide for harm reduction um, services in the shelters and it's certainly not standardized. Also through the, through the pandemic, we've seen a lot of, um, in the shelter system, you're not allowed to have guests, of course, because of COVID. But when you can't have guests, that leads to often using drugs alone. And that's when it gets really dangerous. So we need better harm reduction services available in the shelters. And in, in not just in the shelters, but also in housing, like our, our social housing as well. A lot of those action points um, will take time. Mm-hmm. Are you confident that there might be a response to this, at least um, an acknowledgement? I would like to see an acknowledgement. And like I said, there are some steps being taken, but um, sometimes it's easy to make a presentation about all the things you are doing, but it's it can sound like a lot <laughs> when you list out the things you are doing. Um, but in the you know, you don't say all the things you're not doing. And so part of the point of this list is to provide what a list of what we think needs to happen. And then and then we can see the gaps between what they're offering and what they're doing and, and what needs to happen. We just want to see progress. We're not going to set deadlines necessarily, but we want, to, we want it to be a conversation and we want to see progress. Jennifer Van Gennep is an advocate for the homeless in Barrie. He nailed the summer forecast, sunny and warm for the most part, no long stretches of extreme heat. So with fall upon us, we reach out again to Environment Canada's David Phillips for his forecast for the next three months as we bridge the gap between summer and winter. I mentioned summer, David, but you also hit a home run 
with your prediction for the month of September. Well, Dan, you're right about September. I, I think September was clearly more summer-like than winter-like. That's not always the case. And uh, sometimes we can get a little, you know, an early touch of the frost on the pumpkin type of thing. But um, uh, September came out to be almost uh, two and a half, three degrees warmer than normal. Precipitation was about normal. I mean, it was the most, I think, uh, vanilla-type summer that we've that we've had in a long time. Every month was warmer than normal, uh, but it wasn't excessively hot. We had a few more days above 30. So I, I think it was really the summer of summers for us. And, you know, the one benefit. I often say that, you know, one season gives you no clue as to the next season ahead. The only the only one I think there's a little bit of carryover from summer to fall because of all of the, the, the warmth and the lakes and the land, and that's certainly up in the Barry uh, Lake Simcoe area is a very important factor. I mean, it doesn't prevent the, the snow from coming and the frost from coming, but it kind of sort of eases it in. So um, my sense is the fall is looking like it's going to be warmer than normal. And, you know, I'm not talking July warmth. I always say to you, Dan, that, hey, we're talking about fall. It's a legitimate season. It's what it is. And um, But its temperatures really usually start tumbling because the days are shorter, the, the sun is lower in the sky. But, hey, I would be the most surprised person of all if we don't see uh, frost on the pumpkin uh, and if we don't see our first line of kind of white stuff appearing maybe by Remembrance Day, but it won't be lasting. It'll just be a kind of reminder of, of where we're headed. You know, the other positive thing about this fall is the color change season. We think it will be, the, the trees love this summer. They were, they're, they're surviving. I see a few leaves on the trees now, but that's always happens. And the colors are beginning to change, but, but I think the the viewing weather, and that's always what I look at, the health of the trees going into the fall, and then the good viewing weather. It's like that perfect frame around the picture. And my sense is there are going to be enough of those days, but don't procrastinate. I mean, it may be a little later. It may go beyond Thanksgiving, but um, it's certainly unlikely to get beyond the the, uh, the, uh, the Halloween week. A few people have come up to me and said, I hear the winter's going to be really, really bad. And I know it's a little early for you to be giving us that forecast, but sometimes you have uh, an indication based on what, uh, what you've seen so far. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's hard this year. I mean, we're into another La Nina year. And, you know, that in, in like 20 years ago, Dan, 15, 10 years ago, I would have said, oh, good, we have a clue as to what the winter is going to be. But we've had, this is the third La Nina in a row. Now, La Nina is the cooler water in the Pacific, and typically it means for Western Canada, a colder and, and snowier, good skiing out in the, in the West. But when you look at, at, at us here, it really puts us into the kind of uncertain area. Sometimes that Arctic air, uh, which is very prevalent under La Nina, will swoop down, but it might go west of us. It might go, say, into Manitoba, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, and then we get the upswing where we're getting more uh, southerly air coming northward, and so it tends to be a little milder. If we take a clue from the last couple of years, um, well, we've had um, uh, winters that have been either 
a lower amount of snow, or last year was normal amount of snow. So I think the skiers and snowmobilers uh, will be happy. My sense is nothing is looking like this is going to be the winter from hell. I mean, we'll have to wait and see. And it, it always, uh, Dan, comes down to the length of the winter. It's not the severity of it, I think, that really troubles people, but it's the one that goes from, from Halloween till Easter. And I sense that because of the milder fall, that winter won't really begin to show its face until we get into December. And if that's the case, then we might have three months of winter, which I think we can always endure in this area. Absolutely. David Phillips, thank you so much as always. We'll uh, talk to you soon about the winter. What Barry's Talking About is a weekly podcast featuring the best Barry has to offer. You can make it easy to connect by subscribing to What Barry's Talking About through podcast distributors such as Spotify and Apple. Still to come, finding the funds to help an increasing number of women and children in Barry get a fresh and safe start. And do you wear them or collect them? Whose sneakers are in your closet? Now this. So many shows that you can go ahead and drop a few dollars on, but there's only one in the area that you can win your way into. It's Rachel with the Rock 95 concert listing. And make sure you keep listening to Rock 95 for your cue to call to make into the birthday bash coming up Friday, November 18th at the Paul Sadlin Arena. We're bringing you Sam Roberts with special guest Monster Truck. September 28th, over at Massey Hall, it's Ringo Starr and his all-star band. October 2nd, we're heading on over to Scotiabank Arena for the Who Hits Back Tour. Back at Scotiabank Arena over on October 5th, it's Brian Adams with the So Happy It Hurts Tour. Massey Hall on October 11th, they're hosting Colin James. Back at Massey Hall on October 13th, the Sheepdogs are going to be there with the Out of Sight Tour. October 15th, heading on over to Casino Rama, it's Kim Mitchell with Honeymoon Suite. Meridian Hall on October 17th, you might be able to check out Jeff Beck with Johnny Depp. And October 24th, Scotiabank Arena, it's the Smashing Pumpkins with Jane's Addiction and their Spirits on Fire Tour. If you want to check out ticket details or to win your way into Rock 95's Birthday Bash, head to rock95.com. Rock 95. This is what Barry's talking about from Barry 360. I'm Dan Blakely. Barry's Women and Children's Shelter was hit hard by the pandemic, unable to fundraise while more women and mothers were seeking help. The shelter is still feeling the strain, but is getting some financial help from Shoppers Drug Mart. Barry 360's Will Conkin gets the details from the shelter's executive director, Teresa McLennan. There's definitely been a rise because, at the, especially at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, everyone was told to isolate in their homes, and lots of folks weren't able to go to work. So women who were experiencing abuse uh, were forced to isolate at home with their abuser. So we definitely saw an increase of calls to our crisis line, and we definitely saw an increase in the intensity of those calls because when you add the stress of COVID, to an already volatile, stressful situation, it makes it that much more worse. And then how has uh, COVID and the current economic climate uh, impacted the Women and Children's Shelter of Barrie? During COVID, it's been exceptionally hard for us to reach our fundraising goals uh, because it, it costs us a lot of money to provide every want and need for the women and the children who are here in our shelter. And without being able to do in-live events, without being able to really ask people for donations of finances because they were hurting as well during COVID, it's been an especially difficult time for us financially. Um, and we want to make sure that we're creating as much as a, of a home life 
atmosphere for the women and children who come to us. And so we don't want them to have to worry about their meals, their hygiene, how they're going to get to appointments, their transportation. We want to make sure that we can take care of that as much as we can for them. And that is where this wonderful Love You uh, by Shoppers Drug Mart Giving Shelter campaign is so important because it really does provide the finances that we need to be able to provide all of those basic necessities for the women and children who come into our services. And then how much funding does the Women and Children Shelter Barry receive? What sources provide the yeah. funding? So the Ministry of Children and Community and Social Services provides about 60% of our base funding. Because we are always over capacity, we have to raise more dollars than ever. So we are only supposed to be a 27-bed shelter, but we have more closer to 35 come in. And we try to meet the needs of as many women as possible. And so the funding that we receive is only for the 27 beds, and that's not enough for the 27 beds. So now that we're closer to 35, providing that support, our financial need is much greater. So we have to raise about $350,000 every year just to maintain the services and the supports that we offer to our women and kids. Has it been full capacity throughout the pandemic? Absolutely. Because we are a a violence against women's shelter, we are not allowed to close our doors. And so also recognizing that the violence escalated during the pandemic, for sure, we needed to keep our doors open. And so we have seen a constant flow, definitely an increase in the amount of women who are calling our crisis line. And we're hearing more often the seriousness of the abuse that women are living in and the ramped up violence that they're experiencing. What locally can people do to support the shelter and keep its doors open to women in need? Yeah, so we really appreciate any kind of financial support. If folks are interested in knowing more about us, they can visit our website at barryshelter.com. Lots of opportunities to support women in need in the community. And that support directly impacts the success of the women and the kids here. And we can really create a new life for those kids, especially that they're going to live in an environment that is free of violence. Is there anything like you'd like to add, Teresa? I just want to thank our community so much for partnering with us, rallying beside us, and just trying to offer as much help as possible to our women and children. Uh, we want everyone to be successful who comes through our doors, and we can only do that with the support of the community. As Teresa McLennan of Barry's Women and Children's Shelter. Billy Joel saying you get more mileage from a cheap pair of sneakers. Why then are some people paying such big bucks for someone else's used sneakers? There was a sneaker con in Toronto last weekend. Barry 360's MJ catching up with eBay's chief sneakerhead Shireen Edros to learn more about this runaway phenomenon. Since the pandemic, people have decided to dress down or at least dress more creatively. Has there been a greater demand for sneakers? Definitely. I, I think, you know, we started Authenticity Guarantee last year where we uh, vet and verify sneakers over $100. And since we started that program, we have definitely seen an increase in our sales and our sales to the U.S. as well. So I definitely see it. I think that 
also with the comfortability trend, there's also the nostalgic you know, trend that goes along with sneakers as well. Sneakers, of course, they've always been popular, but do you think it is that nostalgia that's coming back and that's making them extra special? Definitely. I think that during the pandemic, we saw that a lot of like nostalgic categories were really thriving during that time as well. And I think that you know, sneakers falls right in there. These are people's passions and loves, and there's a lot of stories that resonate with sneakers and that you can always tie back to. So definitely, I think that nostalgia piece is there. It definitely was there for me during the pandemic. It's sort of, um, you're saying like going back to like the nostalgia and, and the niche of them, sort of, are there any styles that are, are coming back or, I mean, me personally, I'm a shoe fanatic. Um, so I'll go into a store and be like, I had those in the nineties and you know, you want to get them again. The same ones you're getting for your kids, you want to get for yourself. Is that what you're noticing? Oh, definitely. And you know, the brands are doing such a great job of bringing them back again and retroing those ones from the nineties into today's and, you know, adding their own flair and a little bit of updating to it as well. So that's what's great about it. I mean, you can see with the Jordan brand, they're starting to drop so many of their originals uh, this year. So you can see it, there's a Jordan 1 coming out called Lost and Found, which is an ode to the 85. You know, there's a Jordan 2 that's coming out that's an ode to the original. So you, you see them all coming back again because of that, that nostalgia factor. You're mentioning Jordans. Is there any other ones that maybe we didn't see for a while that sort of uh, uh, made a recent resurgence? New Balance is is, has always been quite popular and is definitely making a resurgence. And I think also since, you know, as you mentioned, through the pandemic and comfortability, New Balance has definitely taken on um, a life of its own and has a, definitely a great market um, and audience too. And I think it's really spilled over into like collectible sneakers as well because there's been a lot of collabs with these sort of traditional comfort brands. And now there's some really great collaborations that they're doing with designers. So to get like even more sneakers. Is there anything else that might kind of really drive the niche for for the harder to get ones? Availability of them. Uh, in, you know, in Canada, we do see that, you know, we don't have access to all of the inventory that is available or as great an inventory as we could have. So it is a little bit more difficult for Canadians to access um, inventory, which is, you know, so great when we brought this program back and brought this program of authenticity. Now we are giving another avenue for sneakerheads to get these collectible sneakers, to get these hard-to-find ones that you can't necessarily get in Canada. And now you know that they're vetted and verified and authentic. From the eBay standpoint, um, it's not just necessarily new sneakers. It's it's older ones, too, or I guess refurbished or really well taken care of. Why would they want to get, say, an, a used pair as opposed to a newer pair? There is so much value in pre-loved or pre-owned, as we like to call it pre-loved, um, in pre-loved sneakers. And because they there's such a limited amount of sneakers when they are released that sometimes it's, you can only find them in a pre-owned state. So, you know, if you really want those sneakers, you will get them. But you can also find amazing value in those pre-owned as well. Like I've purchased pre-owned off of eBay and they've come immaculate. Like barely, you can barely tell that they were worn. So I think that, you know, even for people like myself who have a lot of sneakers who wear them, you know, all the time, but maybe not the same pair all the time. There's, you know, they look really good. The shape of them is really good. We keep them really well kept, and so selling those again, there's still value in that. You're saving the, you know, the dumps. You're saving the environment, sustainability, circular economy. It's such a, you know, it, there's so many aspects of pre-owned, you know, that you can speak to that has benefits. What do you say to someone who claims that you know you might have too many pairs of sneakers? It's time to slow down. You can never have too many pairs of sneakers. Um, there's seven days of the week, so you know, 365 days of the year. 
I could probably have one for every day. If I if, if I could and had the space for it, I would definitely love to have one for every every day. It is an accessory for me, and it's part, you know, honestly, it's, it's part of who I am. So it's, in a, it's a reflection of me and my character, and so, yeah, I just never too much of that. Just one pair of sneakers in my closet, Skechers, and when they wear out, I'll get another pair on sale. That was eBay's Shireen Edros in conversation with Barry 360's MJ. And we are done for another week. Thanks to Ian, MJ, Will, and Rock 95's Rachel Detta for their contributions and to Matt Ladder for putting it all together for us. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to what Barry's talking about, rate it, review it. You can also keep up with what Barry's talking about on Facebook and Twitter at Barry360 and on our website, Barry360.com. I'm Dan Blakely. We're back again next week with more of what Barry's talking about.